Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening. Your host, Yusuf Isha, this side of the microphone, once again with you until 12 o'clock, inshallah. I invite you to join me on a caravan into the night. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad says in a hadith, Whomever Allah grants good, Allah will give him an understanding of his deen. Towards understanding Islam. Towards understanding Islam, and this evening I have with me once again the respected Molina Muhsin Zalkonka. Molina, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Alhamdulillah. Are you sure yourself? I am very well, Alhamdulillah. All the better for having you with me in the studio. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. this evening, of course, you're continuing with the series, a three part series, as you explained, where you will be talking about very important person, people, I'd say, in our lives and in the deen of Islam. Definitely, Buddha Yusuf. Uh, Alhamdulillah. You know, first and foremost, we thank the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> for His boons and favors. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has availed us to be part and parcel of this proud ummah. Alhamdulillah. The ummah of the beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, this time of the year, it's so beautiful to see our hujjaj coming back. Hmm. After the Hajj, having been purified, you know, we speak to them, we embrace them, we welcome them. 
uh, we seek du'as from them. And it's, you know, it's so uh, beautiful, heartwarming mm. uh, uh, situation that we find ourselves in, especially in this time of the year. Uh, we can only but make dua Allah must grant them all hajj makbul and makbul and grant those that haven't been there the opportunity inshallah Amen. to find themselves uh, in the sure. august plains of uh, Arafat, Mina, Muzdalifa, Makkatul Mukarma and Madinatul Munawwara. Really this journey as we mentioned in the past <coughs> it's just for us to rekindle hmm. that iman and that love that we have for Allah and His Rasul so just to rekindle that flame that we have within our hearts. No. You know, it's like recharging oneself. Alhamdulillah, we were speaking last week about the greatest personality after the Anbiya, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. You know, much can be said still about that great personality, but uh, time is not going to allow today. Mm. Tonight we have to speak about Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Rasulullah was asked by the Sahaba, <coughs> That Ya Rasulullah, we emulate whatever and however we can emulate whatever it is that you do. Hmm. And this is part of our Sharia, part of our, our part of Islam. Uh, we call it the Sunnah of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But in actual fact, it is part of our Sharia to follow and to emulate the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Those things that we can follow and can emulate because there are certain things that we cannot do no. you know something that is maksus or specific to a prophet for example you know the sahaba looked for every little excuse to uh, obey the rasul mm-hmm. and to follow and emulate him mm. on one occasion the sahaba saw the rasul mm-hmm. fasting and they also decided to fast mm. But the Rasul Ali mm-hmm. had made an intention which is known in the fiqh as Sawme Wisal. Sawme Wisal is fasting without breaking your fast. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Just a continuous fast. Mm-hmm. Fasting day and night. The Sahaba tried to emulate it. Not realizing that this was a special worship or act of ibadah specific only for the Nabi of Allah. But because they had this love hmm. to emulate every action of his. They also fasted. One day passed, the second day, the third day passed, and the, the beloved Rasulullah saw the Sahaba becoming weak. All right. You know, they were becoming very weak. They couldn't speak uh, like they used to speak before. They couldn't walk the way they used to walk before. And the Prophet Sallallahu inquired, that, why is this condition? Why do I see this condition? And they say, Ya Rasulullah, we are following you. We are following you. We see that you are fasting without even breaking your fast. Mm. So the Prophet ﷺ asked them, Ayyukum misli? Tell me, whom of you are like me? Mm. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, we are not like you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Verily, because you are not like me, you cannot do everything that I do. Verily, my Rabb feeds me even when I'm asleep. Mm. My Rabb? feeds me even if I'm asleep. So if I fast, my Rabb still feeds me. He, he provides for me. Right. And thus you would not see the Nabi of Allah going into the state that you find yourself in. So this fasting of Sawmi Wisal is specific for a Nabi of Allah. It is not for the Ummah no. of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For a moral man. It's not for a normal man, yeah. Mm. 
So the Sahaba loved, and one day they asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we emulate and we follow you. What do we do after you leave this materialistic dunya? Who should we follow? And the Prophet Sallallahu replied, Ma ana alayhi ashabi. You follow what you have seen me do the way I lived my life, or you follow my Sahaba, because they are rightly guided. They're also guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you follow what I have done, or you follow what the Sahaba are doing. Because the Sahaba will do only that which they saw the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do. So for us, as the Ahli Sunnah wa Jama'ah, it is for us to emulate and to look at these personalities. Look at them. Look at Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Look at Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Let us study their lives and we will realize, you know, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, last week I mentioned, because of <coughs> the sacrifices he made for Islam, we all know, we all have belief, we have iman, that we are going to be accountable for our deeds. No. Allah is going to question us, whatever it is we did. You know, we, we cannot say a certain deed was so small mm. that Allah is going to overlook it. No, we are going to be accountable. Right. So much so, Buta Yusuf, it is mentioned in the hadith that we know about obedience towards parents. Mm. Right? We know about it. Mm. We know how we should interact with our parents, uh, listen to them, obey them. But do you know, we are informed in the hadith that a child is going to be questioned by the Creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over that feeling that the child had in his or her heart with regards to the parent. Mm. Just a feeling. Perhaps your mother called you and you responded. Right. Right. Your tongue could have said something. Your heart could have thought something else. Something else. Right. You know. Perhaps your heart could have said, why should my mother call me now? Mm, mm. But with the tongue or with the mouth, you just replied, okay, yes, I'm okay. coming, whatever it is. Right. So even your feelings is going to be questioned. Allah. The feelings you had towards your parents is going to be questioned. We are going to be answerable. Rasulullah mentions about one person in the entire ummah who is not going to be reckoned with. And do you know who's that person? Rasulullah says, Annasu kulluhum yuhasaboon. That all of mankind will be answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, illa Abu Bakr. But Abu Bakr, as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, because of the effort and because of the sacrifice he made for the sake of Islam. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu is not going to be questioned. But tonight we are speaking about that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And when we look at the khilafat of uh, these four khalifas of the Prophet mm-hmm. so we see Sayyidina Abu Bakr ruled for about two years. Sayyidina Umar, ten years. Mm-hmm. And his ten years were ten years of Islamic conquest. Then we look at Sayyidina Uthman who ruled the longest, 12 years he ruled, and Sayyidina Ali ruled for six years. Mm. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, extraordinary. 
extraordinary sahabi. So much so that the Prophet sallallahu has mentioned about him. لَوْ كَانَ النَّبِيٌ بَعْدِي لَكَانَ Umar ibn al-Khattab. Allahu Akbar. The Prophet says, if, if there had to be a Nabi, it, it cannot be, it cannot happen. Our Rasul is a final, final Prophet. Right. Khatam al But the Prophet says, if there had to be a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. Because of his wisdom. Because of his taqwa, his God consciousness, because of his intellect. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was such a person that whenever the Rasul asked his sahaba for the input, hmm. any any issue perhaps, or anything transpired, anything happened, and the Prophet hmm. would inquire by his sahaba, what do you think we should do in this? Hmm. The shura, that's what the shura that the Prophet hmm. and is part of the sunnah of the Rasul that we also have shura. Hmm. So the Prophet used to ask, it was not necessary for him to ask, hmm. Nabi of Allah, whatever he said was law, but he used to ask, and it was always seen, most of the time it was seen that whatever advice Sayyidina Umar gave, it was in accordance to revelation that was revealed later. Allah. That was his outlook, that was his wisdom, that, mm. was, that was the type of person. That Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that even after becoming Khalifatul Muslimin, he would stand on the member and deliver his khutbah mm. and it would be noticed that at least 11 or 12 patches would be on his clothes as a middle mu'minin can you imagine a king mm. a king with patched clothes mm. but this was because he never used to use the wealth of the state mm. He used to spend everything in the path of Allah. Allah. Never worry about him, him, his own self. One day, on the day of Eid, he saw his son, Sayyidina Umar, saw his son, and his son had old clothes. Hmm. And Sayyidina Umar started to cry. And the son asked him, that, Oh my father, why are you crying? And Sayyidina Umar says, and replied to his son, he says, when I look around, I see everyone wearing the best of clothes. It's a day of Eid. Mm. It's a day of festivity. It's a day of rejoice. It's a day of the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when I see you, my son, the son of Amir al-Mu'mineen, and then I see you wearing the oldest of clothes on this day of Eid, and the son gives a beautiful answer. He says, oh, my father, for me, my clothes does not matter. Mm. If my father, my mother, and my creator is happy with me, then this is the actual day of Eid for me. Allah. This is for Eid for me. If my creator and my parents are happy with me, this is Eid. What mm. are these clothes? Mm. Clothes is nothing. The happiness of Allah and his Rasul That Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a strict ruler, just Ruler, hmm. one who applied the ru- rules of Sharia very, very strictly. That Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who obeyed Allah and his Rasul in such a way, and it is so true that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, <coughs> the Rasul <sallallahu coughs> has emphasized that if you obey Allah and his Rasul, then Allah will grant creation to obey you. Allah. And the Prophet also says, You fear Allah and His Rasul, you fear Allah, 
right? You fear Allah and you f- fear because the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam also came as nazir, no. as a owner. No. Right. So if you fear Allah subhanahu wa taala, then Allah will grant creation to fear you. Allah. Right. We know wheel, the wheel turns. Mm. Right. We always say, you respectful, you obedient to your parents. Tomorrow your children is going to be obedient to no. you. No. Right. We accept, expect, uh, accept this, and this is a f- known fact. So. You obey Allah and His Rasul with a certain degree of ikhlas, with a certain degree of sincerity, and tawakkul in Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes every creation of His obey you. Allah. And this is a known fact. No. We see in the life of Sayyidina Umar <coughs> ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there are so many examples that we can cite. So no. many examples no. that we can cite. Inshallah. Uh, but inshallah, after the break, after I think the break, we inshallah, can Well time, well time. Alhamdulillah. I'll be back after this. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, May yuridillahu bi khair yufaqihu fiddin. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith, Whomever Allah grants good, Allah will give him an understanding of his deen. Towards understanding Islam. And of course, it's with the respected Molina Muhsin Zalgonka. And the Molina is the Imam of the Victoria Road Mosque in Krasi Park. Molina, I hand back to you. Shukran, Buta Yusuf. <coughs> Yes, we are speaking about that great personality known as Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhum. You know, he was such a person who had the greatest of love and respect for the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The obedience to, for Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was extraordinary. And as I said before the break, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> depending on the type of obedience we have, Towards him and towards his beloved Rasul Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then causes creation to become obedient to you. Hmm. And this is what we find in the lives of the, 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 the pious uh, awliya, for example. Right? It's not only restricted to the awliya. We will see it in the lives of the sahaba as well. That uh, they would do extraordinary things. Hmm. Or extraordinary things will happen. Why? Because... Everything becomes subservient to them because they are subservient to Allah. Right. So Allah makes creation now obey them. Whatever they say to creation, it's a creation of Allah. Right. It happens. You know, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhum, during his reign as a middle mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu <coughs> was informed of a situation in Egypt. Right. You must have heard about it. People speak. Uh, it usually portrayed in, in documentaries But this is actually a fact That the river Nile Used to stop flowing once a year hmm. In Egypt And it became a custom That uh, when a young girl would be sacrificed okay. A young girl would be sacrificed And then the river would start flowing and this became a norm. Every single year this would happen. And every single year they would then offer a, 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 a girl. Um, when this news came to Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, 
he thought that this was not correct. Hmm. He did not go all the way to Egypt. But Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala wrote a letter. Hmm. He wrote a letter. And on the letter he wrote. And he wrote a few lines and he told the messenger that go to the river Nile and just place this letter of mine in the on the on the river bed okay on the river bed so he goes but what was written in that letter and this is part of the taqwa of sayyidina umar ibn khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu and thus we would see in his entire reign that when the name of umar was mentioned then great great kings who start trembling okay just when they hear his name hmm. they will start trembling and this was because of the, the muhaddithin and mufassirin say it's because of his taqwa his state of god consciousness his state of his fear he used to cry so much yet you know we we know <coughs> we are informed we have been told that they are of those ashray mubashara 10 fortunate beings who have been promised Jannah on this dunya already. Hmm. But they used to cry. Whenever he used to see a qabr, he used to cry. And it would be asked, oh, Amir Mu'min, why are you cry? And he says, when I look at the qabr, I think of the adab of the qabr. And this makes me cry. A person who is, you can say, is free from the adab. Right. right. right? Safe from the adab of the qabr. But yet, this was a state of the taqwa that he used to have. On the letter, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu wrote that, O River Nile, this letter comes to you from Umar ibn Khattab, the Khalifa of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you flow through your own desire, then do as you wish. But if you flow through the will of Allah, then I command you to start flowing. This was what he wrote on a letter. And, and this was in the time when the river was supposed to have stopped flowing now. Yes, the river had stopped flowing. Right. right. They were about to now sacrifice another uh, young girl. Young girl hmm. And Sayyidina Umar stopped this. And he just sent this letter. And the messenger placed this letter on the river bed. <coughs> and immediately the river started to flow. Hmm. And up till now it's still flowing. Oh this is just a command. No. A command. Maaf, can I just ask, Marlena, was it on the river bed or on the river bank? Because the river stopped flowing, so perhaps on the bank of the river. Okay, but Whatever. it's dry, it's dry, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, so basically it was it was a message to the river. The river, right. Which is a makhluk, yeah. which is a creation of Allah. Hmm. So so it, it's a creation of Allah that now becomes subservient to this person this great person yeah because of his standard of his taqwa mm-hmm. and his god consciousness say mm-hmm. that umar ibn khattab many cases many incidents happened when the muslim army <coughs> was captured by the romans uh, during the reign of Sayyidina umar ibn khattab ta'ala anhu, uh, the roman king did not want to set the, set the muslims free abdullah bin huzafa he was in charge he was the uh, uh, the leader of that army and 80 of his mujahideen they were captured it was only necessary for a letter a letter came from umar ibn khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu that our king if you do not leave abdullah 
ibn Huzafa and his 80 mujahideen, then you will face Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu oh, This was enough. The king started to tremble hmm. and he said, let him go, set him free. Hmm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them this authority. And what type of authority? Allahu Akbar. What type of authority? Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu seated on the member on a day of Jumu'ah. Delivering the khutbah. Delivering the khutbah. Whilst performing or reciting the khutbah, Sayyidina Umar utters a few words. Ya Sariyatul Jabal. Ya Sariyatul Jabal. Ya sa- thrice. Ya Sariyatul Jabal. And everyone in Masjid Nabawi, amongst the Sahaba, they were aware of the fact that Sayyidina Sariya was not there with them. Because a few days before or prior, he had been sent with an army to go fight the battle. And here Sayyidina Umar standing on the member is addressing Sariya, saying to him that, O Sariya, use the mountain as a shield. Use a mountain as a shield. Sahaba listened to this. It was the time of Khutbah. They couldn't speak out. But they waited for afterwards. And then they asked him, but oh, Umar ibn Khattab, you were addressing Sariya and you know for a fact Sariya is not here. Mm. You had sent him on this expedition. Tell us, how come you called upon him? Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and who he says, Allah has given me that, apo- that power and authority that while standing on the member, I could see what was happening on the battlefield. Oh. And this was hundreds of kilometers away he says I could see what was happening and I saw that Sariya was standing in a wrong position hmm. so I said to him oh Sariya change your position so that the mountain becomes a shield right but just look at it he's speaking in Medina hmm. he's speaking look at the power Allah gave to his voice his voice could reach Sayyidina Sariya radiallahu ta'ala anhu on a battlefield. And Sariya himself could hear what Umar ibn Khattab was saying. This is a state of the Sahaba, you know, we, we cannot fathom. Right. We, right. we cannot comprehend when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places greatness in, in a person, uh, then we should, we can just say, Subhanallah, or mashallah. Right. You know, after all, it is the power of Allah. No, no. Just on that, how important is it that the person should also believe that it is true, that it is so? That is just it. We have to believe. And, you know, many times people say these are fairy tales. Mm. It's not. If we are not going to believe in it, it means that we don't believe in the power of Allah. No. Everything that I do, every miracle of a Nabi, it does not come from the Nabi. Is the power which Allah had placed in the Nabi. You understand? So everything goes back to Allah. Right. You can ask the doctor to help you, the doctor will grant you Shifa. We always say the doctor granted me Shifa, granted healed me, hmm. treated me. But the, doc- the, the doctor is not Shafi. Shifa comes only from Allah. No. But Allah has placed Shifa in the hands of the doctor. Right. In his mind, in his intellect, his thinking power is, hmm. is now guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thus we make the dua that Allah must guide the hands of the surgeon. Right. 
on the one side we believe in it, on the other side we say it's fairy tales. It's fairy tales. You understand? Mm. So we have to believe in it. And this is the downfall of, of many that when it comes to uh, miracles of prophets, then we, we want to doubt. You know, mm. we want to start doubting. Is it possible? Is it true? Can it happen? But this is what a miracle is all about. Mm. Something which is extraordinary. Yeah. Something that goes against uh, nature itself. This is what a miracle is all about. Right. An extraordinary deed. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Well, the Prophet informs us, it's a hadith, a qudasi, that if an abd, Allah says, if an abd of mine strives in my path, strives with nawafil, with sunnah, with good deeds, with good a'mal, besides your fara'id, we're talking about extras, hmm. you know, doing these extras, just so as to achieve my nearness, to come closer to me, Allah says, they become so close to me that I now become the hands with which they touch. Yes, I become the eyes with which they see. I become the feet with which they walk. I become the tongue with which they speak. Which means that it becomes their touching is now uh, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right, right. You know, they can put their hand Look at Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. He used to cure those who had leprosy. Hmm. He used to rub his hand. Our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasalam. He used to just rub his hand over someone who was ill. And they could be cured. Hmm. They could see that which we cannot see. Look at Sayyidina Umar. Sitting on the mimbar in Medina. Hundreds of kilometers away. He could see what was happening on a battlefield. Hmm. I become the eyes with which they see. Allah. I become the ears with which they hear. Sayyidina Sariya could hear a voice hundreds of kilometers away. Warning him. Warning him. Allah. I become the ears with which you hear. Hmm. We, we know about the incident. The Quran reminds us Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam. Right? The story of the namal of the ant. Of the ants. And an ant spoke. In a far distance, some tafsir says it was almost about 10 kilometers away. Hmm. When Sulaiman and his army was on their way, the ant says to the other ants, go into your homes, go into your holes, into the ground, because Sulaiman and his army is about to come. Let it not be that they trample over us. Hmm. So go into your homes. The Quran speaks about this entire incident. An ant hmm. is speaking. Ten kilometers away, Sulaiman could hear. Heard that. But the Basama Zahikan, the Quran says, and he, he even smiled. Sulaiman smiled when he heard the voice of this ant. Hmm. This is the power of Allah. It's the power of Allah. Nothing else. Hmm. So, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, anhu, yes, a person with, with great piety, great taqwa, if he would command the ground, the ground who do as he commands. This was the type of authority he had. Rawdatul Buka speaks about an old lady in the time of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This old lady, she was very, very poor. And she one day she was walking with a container with oil. Hmm. And whilst walking, she stumbled over something 
And all the oil fell out onto the ground. And we know what happens when oil falls onto the ground. Right. The ground seeps into yeah, the ground. It seeps into the ground. But she was unhappy about it. Hmm. She was unhappy. She asked that Umar ibn Khattab be brought to her where this incident took place. Right. Sayyidina Umar comes. And he came running. Because Sayyidina Umar was such a leader. Every night, he would disguise himself. He was Amir al-Mu'mineen. Imagine this. He would disguise himself and go amongst the people to hear if there are any grievances, hmm. to hear if people were unhappy with the present leader. Right. He was the present. He was a leader. And he used to go and help people as a stranger. And they would not even know it was Amir al-Mu'mineen. He would carry their loads. He would clean their homes. He would clean the roadways and the paths. If people would complain that, yes, Umar is our Amir, but look at this hmm. dirt laying in this road. Hmm. And he would go and he clean it. This was the type of person. Say, now Umar comes and this old lady says to him, that, oh, Umar, you are the Amir. And during your reign or caliphate, the ground has unjustly, look at what this lady is saying. <laughs> the ground has unjustly huh. taken in all my oil. You are in charge, you Amir al-Mu'mineen. You're even in charge of the ground. So, oh Amir al-Mu'mineen, you have to recompensate me hmm. or compensate me for that. This cannot happen. This is an injustice. During your reign, <laughs> how can this happen? Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab ta'ala anhu looks at the ground and says to the ground that O oh, makhluk of Allah if it is true what this lady is saying then I command you to give the oil back to her and to his amazement the oil comes back onto the ground the ground is a creation of Allah no. it's a creation of Allah the oil comes back onto the ground and the old lady could scoop it up and put it back into a container. Allah. This was, I mean, you know, when we talk and listen to, to these stories, you know, it's only if you have a real iman that you can accept these. Right, right. Because these were giants. These were different people. Mm. Different mm. people. Mm. 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 Ma for interrupting you. I just need to once again take a quick commercial break. Be back after this. Inshallah. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man yuridillahu bi khair yufaqihu fiddin Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith Whomever Allah grants good Allah will give him an understanding of his deen. Towards understanding Islam, with the respected Maulana Muhsin Zalgonka, the Imam of the Victoria Road Masjid in Grassy Park. Maulana, once again, the final. Shukran to Yusuf. Yes, we are speaking about that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Do you know, Bita Yusuf? Sayyidina Umar reigned for 10 years. Hmm. He was Khalifa for 10 years. But in those 10 years, he conquered 250,000 square miles of land. Allah. 
250,000 square miles of it. But a unique person within the Ummah of the Rasul. And why do I say unique? Sayyidina Umar is known as the Murad of Islam. What does this mean? Hmm. You know, you have Murad and then you have a Murid. We are Murids of Islam. What does a Murid mean? A Murid is if I want to learn the Sharia, for example, right? I go to an Ustad, right? I become the Murid of the Ustad. If I want to prosper within uh, 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 um, my spirituality, I go to a spiritual Sheikh and I become the Murid of the Sheikh, right? I become the student, basically, you can say. Um, I desire. The Sheikh, so I go to him. I desire an Ustad, I go to the Ustad. And thus I am now, or I am classified as a Murid. But a Murad is something different. A Murad is when the Sheikh desires you. A Murid is when you desire the Sheikh, but Murad is when the Sheikh desires you. You, we are all known as the murids of Islam. Why? Because we desire this great deen. Right. We desire to be part and parcel of this great lifestyle, hmm. right? So we desire Islam. So automatically, we are classified as the murids of, of Islam. Islam. No. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab is the only person amongst the entire Ummah who is not a murid of Islam but a murad. Allah. Because Islam desired him. Yes, Before he even embraced Islam, Sayyidina Umar, we know his state, a great warrior. Right. Everyone was afraid of him. No one would come in his path, so much so that the Prophet Sallallahu used to, at times, uh, say to Umar, that Umar, Inna shaitan yafraku min Umar. That even if shaitan comes in your path, he runs away. (laughs) Even shaitan is bang for you. Mm. This was a type of person. The Rasul used to make dua. You know, in a time when they were persecuted, the Muslims, you know, they were very little in number. They couldn't openly do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, It was tough. Mm. It was very tough. Wherever a Muslim was found alone, a Sahabi, they would be tortured, they would be hurt, they would be... Uh, even the Prophet Sallallahu was not so, spared. No. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make the dua. Sayyidina Umar was not a believer. No. Not a believer. At that stage. No. no. But the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made a dua for Umar. Allahumma ayyidil islama bi Umar. That, oh Allah, strengthen Islam through Umar. Yes, Strengthen Islam. Imagine a Nabi right. making this dua. Strengthen that, Islam through the non-believer. Through, through Umar, who was a non-believer at that time. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and we know that entire story, Ibn Majah narrates it. Uh, when the Meccans now decided that we had over enough, hmm. it's time to kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And the bravest person is Umar. Hmm. Let's send Umar. And Sayyidina Umar was all ready. He says, right, I'm going. He takes a naked sword and he's walking. Down the street of Makkah. Hmm. No one dare come in front of Sayyidina Umar. No one dare. He had a mission. 
He was going now to kill Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sayyidina Umar, on his way, on his way, he meets Sayyidina Nuaim bin Abdullah, and he pushes him aside. Get out of my way. Sayyidina Nuaim asks him, "Where are you heading?" He said, "I'm going to your Prophet Muhammad. I'm going to kill him." And Sayyidina Nuaim says to him, "Umar, you worried about my Prophet." Worry about your own sister who's worshiping the very same Lord, the very same God mm. that Muhammad is worshiping. Okay. Ah, this made him even more furious. Mm. Now his direction turned now towards his sister. To the house. He says, "No, I'm first going to deal with my sister, right? And uh, her husband. Before I go to Muhammad, I'll let me first kill them, mm. and then I'll kill Muhammad." So when he goes there, he hears the kalam of Allah being recited from inside the house. He becomes very angry. His sister tells him, "Listen." Uh, you can do what you want to. You can kill me. I'm prepared to die for the sake of Islam, but I want you to listen to a few verses. And she started reciting the kalam of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and Sayyidina Umar just softened on hearing this kalam, and he leaves. But he still has a mission. He says, "No, I've been sent by the uh, great leaders, the kuffar. I have to go to Muhammad, and I have to sort it out." So he comes to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and a poet. Beautifully sketches it in Urdu. He says, "Umar, suwe nabi gaye, nazar suwe Umar gayi. Pari nigahe Mustafa, to zindagi sawar gayi." Subhanallah. He says, "Umar went in the direction of the Prophet, but the Prophet's glance of mercy went in the direction of Umar. Umar went in the direction of the Prophet." And the Prophet's glance of mercy goes in the direction of Umar. Pari nigahe Mustafa. When this Mubarak sight of the Prophet fell on Umar, Umar lowered himself. He humbled himself. He came with a mission to kill the Rasul, and he left with a mission to protect the Deen of Islam. Allah Akbar. He came with that mission, and so much so. That this was the du'a of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, right? That oh Allah strengthen Islam through Umar, and Ibn Majah. It mentioned in the Hadith. Ibn Majah speaks about this incident, and says that this is the only person in Islam that when he embraced Islam at that time, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam informed him that oh Umar, the Malaika have just just come, and they brought. Congratulations to you. لقد استبشر أهل السماء بإسلام أمر. That Umar, because you have embraced Islam, even the inhabitants of the heavens sends congratulations to you. Allah Akbar. They send their congratulations to you for having accepted and embraced this beautiful. After all, it was the du'a of the Rasul, a person who had such emulation. Emulated the Rasul sallallahu to every detail. When Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu taala anhu conquered Baitul Muqaddas, he entered Baitul Muqaddas with his army, and it was seen that Sayyidina Umar was walking, walking with the reins of his horse in his hand, and on his horse was his slave. People were watching. The king or the leader should be on the horse. Of course. 
But no, Umar is walking. And on the horse is his slave. And he's leading the horse. He's leading the horse. Oh, it was us. That, oh, Amin al-Mu'mineen. We cannot uh, fathom what, what is just happening here. Don't understand. We can't understand. Right. A, a king enters with that great glory. Hmm. You have just conquered Baytul Maqdis. You should be on that horse. You should be the... Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu starts to weep. He starts to cry. And he says... That verily, when my Rasul entered Makkah al-Mukarramah at the time of the conquest of Makkah, my beloved Rasul was walking and on his animal was his servant. Hmm. And the Prophet had the reins of the animal in his hand. I'm only emulating that beautiful sunnah of my Rasul I'm only emulating that beautiful sunnah of my Rasul You know, today we say, a sunnah, a sunnah. Mm. But it is a sunnah that beautifies this deen. It is a sunnah that protects your faraid. Your faraid is protected. It is a sunnah that grants beauty to your faraid. Mm. You know, people should get away from saying, ah, it's only a sunnah. No. Mm. It is a sunnah that is going to take us closer to Allah. We are compelled to perform the fard. The faraid is compulsory. We have to perform it. Right. Why? Because we are the servants of Allah. He's our master. He's our creator. Mm. He's our nourisher, cherisher. We have to show our gratitude to him. Thus, we have to perform the faraid, mm. which he has stipulated. Mm. But it is a sunnah deeds that actually going to grant weight on our scales on the day of Qiyamah. Mm. All the sunnah deeds. Because the sunnah is actually... Uh, the lifestyle and life pattern of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sayyidina Umar, we know it's said again and again. What did he do when he kissed the, the Hajar al-Aswad? No. He said to the Hajar al-Aswad, "I'm not kissing you because you're a stone from Jannah or you're embedded in one of the corners of the the, the Holy Kaaba. The only reason Umar is kissing you is because I saw my beloved Rasul kiss you. This is emulation. Hmm. This is emulation." So his quality of taqwa, unbelievable. His quality of taqwa. So much so, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he never indulged in this dunya. Huh. Or he never had desire for this dunya. It is mentioned in his seerah that he used to eat only bread and olive oil. And because of the effects of the olive oil, his skin used to blacken. One day for Jumu'ah, the Amir al-Mu'mineen was supposed to perform the khutbah, hmm. And Sayyidina Umar was late. He came very, very late. People were all waiting that, where is Amir al-Mu'mineen? He must deliver the khutbah. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala who comes very late. And he comes rush, rushing into the masjid, performs the khutbah, And now everybody is asking him that, oh Umar, we were waiting on you. Where were you? Sayyidina Umar said, I only have this one shirt. Allah. I was waiting for it to dry Allah. so that I can wear it to come and perform this khutbah and be part and parcel. And of that's it. the Amir. This is Amir al-Mu'mineen. Sayyidina Umar used to cry and used to say that if only not, and these words were not because he was ungrateful to the Almighty Allah, hmm. but these were words he uttered because of the fear he had for the adab of Allah. Hmm. He used to say, that if only I was a goat, and these, this was his couplet in Arabic that he used to recite. Mm. If only I was a goat, people
people who'd have slaughtered me, they would have made food out of me, and I would not have been accountable on the day of Qiyamah. Allah. Allahu Akbar. He says, if only I was a goat. But now I'm accountable. Hmm. Allah is going to question me. Allah is going to ask me. So, yes, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a person who knew that he was going to be made shaheed. Right? We know Abu Lu'lu was the one who uh, killed him or assassinated him. But it was now known. And how was it known? An incident that took place in the life of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was walking with Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Uthman onto Mount Uhud. And as they got onto Mount Uhud, Mount Uhud started to shake. Mount Uhud started to shake. The Prophet ﷺ hit his foot on Mount Uhud and said to Mount Uhud, Ya Uhud, Uzbut. O Uhud, stand still. And Uhud subsided. O Ya Uhud, Uzbut. That O Uhud, don't you know, Ma'ana, that Alay, Nabiyun, wa Siddiqun, wa Shahidan. That O Uhud, do you not know that on you there is a Nabi? A Siddiq, referring to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, mm. and two Shaheeds, ah. referring to Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So they also knew that they are going to be blessed with a death of a Shaheed. So again we see Uhud. We see again Uhud. Uhud respected the command of the Rasul Which takes me, if we can have one more minute of your time, of course, Yusuf. Of course. It takes me to the incident of Mi'raj. When the Burak was brought, mm. the Rasul mm. got onto the Burak and the Burak started to jump. Sayyidina Jibra'il pulled the reins of the Burak and said to the Burak, O oh Burak, the adab, show respect. Mm. O oh Burak, you're jumping around, show respect. Do you not know there is a Nabi on you? And what did the Burak answer? He said, O oh, Jibrail, I'm not jumping out of disrespect. I'm jumping out of joy. Allah. That there is a Nabi on my back. So the same happened when the Prophet ﷺ went on to Uhud. No. It's a makhluk of Allah. The makhluk has all the right to show joy. Right. It's right. only, you know, funny that man at the birth of the Rasul ﷺ, Allah. at the time of the Mawlud of the Rasul, they cannot display this joy. Allah. You know, and we should display this joy. We should show our happiness for Allah has granted us to be part and parcel of this beautiful Ummah and the beautiful Ummah of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I don't want you to end. Allah I really don't want you to end. But unfortunately, it's time to wrap it up. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take one more minute and ask you, if there's any final word that you would like to say, because I know there's so much more that you'd like to share with us. So, inshallah. Brother Yusuf, if I can just end off with a hadith of the Rasul Of course. And this is, I think, uh, the essence of, of our talk these two, three weeks. Mm. When we speak about the Sahaba, the way we need to respect them and honor them, the Prophet Sallallahu says about his Sahaba, and it's a hadith mentioned in Bukhari. The Prophet says, لا تسبوا أصحابي فلو أن أحدكم أنفق مثل أحد ذهبا ما بلغ مد أحدهم 
The Prophet says, Don't sway at my Sahaba. For verily, if one of you give the equivalent of the Mount Uhud in gold, you would not even reach the reward of one handful or even half a handful given by any of my Sahaba. Because of the state of Iman, mm. the state of Tawakkul in Allah. So we ask Allah that Allah bless us, inshallah, Amen. that we Amen. show love towards the Sahaba of the Rasul Sallallahu They were fortunate. They spent the time with the cream of Allah's creation. No. No. They spent the time and the Prophet has commanded us, follow ma'ana alayhi wa ashabi, my path and the path of my Sahaba. MashaAllah. Well, that beautiful note. We unfortunately have to end this evening's program, but I say once again, shukran very much to you, Marana, for being here. And inshallah, looking forward to have you back here with me next week, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. And uh, just a reminder also to the listeners, I see a person wanted to know, it will be a CD of tonight's uh, topic. Well, you can either order a CD by contacting the station on the number 021-442-3500. That's 021-442-3500 during office hours. And you can request the CD. Or otherwise, this program will be loaded tomorrow for the latest Friday on IONO. And then you can actually listen to it on the internet. On IONO, you will be able to listen to this evening's program, inshallah. So those are the two ways. Either buy the CD or you can listen to it. Uh, on the internet, inshallah. So, Madonna, yes, indeed. So, you are now on the internet, what do we call it, worldwide. Amin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> inshallah. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.